just such a relief to be on the bike. And I, that was the, this overwhelming feeling, you know, riding out of Penticton is just how, you know, it's I've, I, honestly, I think bikepacking is a real privilege that, you know, we can dedicate this time to it. You know, I, I mean, so, yeah, it's hard. It's, it is difficult, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's something we choose to do. And it, it just, it feels like a privilege to be able to kind of drop things for that period of time, however long the race is, and just focus on that race. I find these like in these endurance races are almost like a puzzle of how can you do this, how can you get better, um, and so to kind of uh, you know have have things come together and really be able to pull off a good race just feels really good because there's a lot that needs to come together. That's Evan Deutsch, and this is the Bike Pack Canada podcast. Hi Steve, it's Tim Bulger up here in Edmonton. I finally got out for an overnight trip. Rode my bike down to Pigeon Lake. It's 11 p.m. I'm just arriving, setting up a spot right next to the lake with this natural spring stream running next to my spot. Should be a great night. Talk to you soon, mate. a great clip thanks for that tim i got goosebumps when i heard the loon call pretty amazing i'm not sure what you're using to record that with but yeah thanks for that so how's everybody doing i hope you're all getting out there and enjoying spring the rain has arrived for a while and is making for some beautiful blossoms around these parts greening things up fingers crossed for more rain in hopes that the fires will stay at bay i'm sure a lot of you have been following katrina rosen and family as they ride through europe cat sent me a clip check it out Canada. We are three generations heading across Europe and we wanted to say hello. Hello. Woo! We are at 900 and how many? 99. 999 kilometers. We are nearly at our thousand and we wanted to bring you along for the along for the ride. So here we go. We began in Amsterdam and we started early season because we really wanted to catch the tulips which were absolutely spectacular and really worth uh, coming into this uh, cool uh, spring weather. We then uh, cycled uh, down into the southern uh, Netherlands and into Belgium um, and all the way down into France and we followed La Meuse uh, River for a number of days and now we are in the Champagne Ardennes region of France. It's been absolutely incredible. We've been uh, navigating and uh, riding a number of uh, small bike paths, uh, gravel roads, uh, cobblestone routes, and um, <clears throat> whatever we could find without uh, without vehicles uh, without vehicles on it. So we are up for anything, and we are getting close to ticking over here to our thousand kilometer mark. We still have. Uh, about 80 days left to go on uh, this trip of ours. As myself, uh, my husband, I am here with my parents who are 63 years old 
and our son Zion and he is six years old. He rides sometimes in a chariot but as often as possible on uh, the back of his uh, uh, bike uh, which can either be towed behind my bike um, or he can ride on his own which is certainly uh, his preference if the terrain allows it. What are we at now? We are at 1,000! If you want to follow along, make sure you head over to the gram and follow at with you by bike at Katrina the Explorer and at Rusty's Road Trip, uh, spelt R U S T E E S R O A D T R I P. Check it out and you can uh, follow their adventures across Europe. Today, you're going to hear from Evan Deutsch, Trans Am record holder and last year's winner of the BC Epic. Those of you who rode the Epic last year were likely pretty blown away by Evan's finish time of two days, 19 hours and 46 minutes, averaging nearly 460 kilometers per day. This guy really knows how to stay on the bike. We chat a bit about training, meditation, and mindset. Evan is a super down-to-earth guy, and it was my honor to chat with him. Hopefully this episode will fire up some of you who plan on riding the Epic this year. And now I bring you Evan Deutsch. Right, like just trying right. to do something meaningful and challenging and suffer kind of absolutely you know <laughs> you didn't have to shave look at you you're all smooth i know i know you have like a one in seven chance of getting me clean shaven so yeah I'm by one too. day a week that i did shave yeah and, and you're in um you're in palliative care is that right yeah yeah i did emergency medicine that was my training and background and then i've, I've been doing palliative medicine i switched over about four or five years ago yeah and uh, yeah. that must be pretty challenging, eh? Yeah, definitely, definitely. The bike packing is kind of a nice, uh, nice break from it. A nice reprieve, I'm sure. It is definitely. Yeah. Can you hear me okay through? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, uh, is you are you on your computer? No, no, oh. just my phone. Okay, make sure you you have some juice. Yeah. Just in case it goes, I plug. I plug my Let phone. Let me see. Sixty-one <laughs> percent. I think I'm good. All right. Well, video <laughs> video a burns a lot. Battery here, if need be. Oh, you do? Okay. Of course. Yeah. We all have those kicking around. I know. Somewhere. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks for taking the time to talk. Yeah. To us. No, I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it's fine. I've been. Yeah. Um, it's coming up on race season, and I feel like I'm a bit behind the eight ball because. Yeah. You know, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Leonard. I want to talk to Jonathan Hayward. I want to talk to Nathan about the Lost Elephant. Do you right, know about that right. race? Do you know the Lost no, Elephant? No, no. So I live in. Which one is that? I live in Invermere. So mm-hmm. that's one that starts in um, uh, Cranbrook, okay. which is just kind of you know south of here, and it right. comes right through my town, and oh, okay. it, it goes up over a couple pretty gnarly passes, mm-hmm. and then it takes off kind of on the east. Where we live in the in the in the Rocky Mountain Trench, right? So it kind of goes up the uh, Purcell Mountain side of it through there, okay. and then it crosses, and then you go kind of on the rocky side. So it's uh, uh, f- how far is it? Five fifty. Five fifty. Yeah, that's a nice distance. Yeah, I think so. I think people were finishing that in um, like three days, kind mm-hmm. of three to four days. Yeah. Um, Eric Ross, he uh, he won it. He single speeded it. I'm thinking about single speeding it this year. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I ride think, single speed yeah. trail, but I've never yeah. bike packed single speed. 
What were you going to say? You know, I find people that I've talked to, I do some single speed, but not, you know, just on a, yeah, some dirt, you know, just have 28 tires, so can't do too much with it. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I know a lot of uh, people that, that single speed feel like they do just as well on a, you know, on a single speed. And I think a lot of the steep stuff, either you're riding up or you're coasting down. So, you know, I think it's the flats that you really <laughs> miss out when you have a single speed. Yeah. You know, you just kind of spin out on those flats and false flats and such. Yeah. And uh, I think what I found, I, I went for, um, so I, I built up, actually, you might be able to see it behind me. Yeah. So, so I built up that bike. Uh-huh. So it's my... Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a hand, yeah. handmade Chromeg surface, you know, Chromeg bikes. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Yeah, those are made in... in um, actually, that one was welded in Squamish, I think. But uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> it's just a 29er, and I that's my trail yeah. bike, and I usually ride that single speed. But what mm-hmm. I rode in the BC Epic was my Chromeg fat bike with 27 plus. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and I could, I could tell it was a bit slower. Like, you know, you're labored a bit more because of that mm-hmm. wheel size and uh, it's right. not a lightweight bike by any stretch. Right. 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 So I took that thing out for a 50 K the other day and, uh, and then I kind of looked at my GPS and I compared times and they weren't really that different. And my, right. my, my average speed was still, you know, up around 18. Um, mm-hmm. and my time was about the same. I think the only thing is I, it was definitely more laborious, obviously. Right. Right. You know, so I, I, I would imagine I walk more, than mm-hmm. normal. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. No, <laughs> it's know. not. Did you, yeah. did you pedal Gray Creek Pass or did you walk? I that? did. I mean, I, I was able to pedal the whole thing, but yeah. I have pretty low gears. I have a, um, I, I still have a double, a two by, so I have a 28 in front as my small ring. Yeah. So with that, I was able to pedal the whole thing. Do you find the one by just doesn't give you enough range? Yeah, I, I prefer a two by. I've just, you know, I, I have ridden one by, but um, yeah, I just like the bigger gear range. And I, yeah. I, I don't know, I'm just so accustomed to shifting up front and right. that, that I actually prefer it, but I know most that's a little different than most people. I like that quick shift where you can just drop, you know, in front. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just right? inst- like instant <laughs> low gear. It's like bang. Instant low gear. <laughs> yeah. I, I never, yeah, I'm not anticipating well enough. I can quickly go into a low gear. So yeah. I still like a two by, but yeah. I know I'm getting, uh, it's getting outdated, but I, I uh, still, I like the range. I heard people going, still experimenting with three by even. Right. I know. Right? I know. I think it's a bit heavy, but to have that Christmas gear that you can just right. drop into and just like, oh God, right. Right, yeah, spin absolutely. that gear for a while. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I rode one by and I actually, I walked most of, uh, I'd say 75% of Great Creek Pass, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And you know what? It felt awesome because my Yeah, my you butt, get a little break. Yeah, my yeah. butt was so chapped. I've got to get yeah. my chamois game worked out. Actually, I'm dropping my chamois. I got to sell Anatomica that I'm going to try. Yeah. Um, drop that. And then uh, I still passed people walking. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, my rule of thumb is if I'm going below four miles an hour, I might as well be walking, Yeah. get a break. Yeah, yeah. mine was, I think, five 5K an hour. And then yeah. actually, as soon as my feet touched the ground, it was like, you know that feeling of of just instant comfort, like right, you know, right. it's like your endorphins absolutely. go. Oh yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted <laughs> to walk. Yeah, absolutely. So it was awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah, fill fill everyone in on your background. Okay, so well, in terms of the the bike packing and such, or oh yeah, just maybe yeah. You know, I tried to find some race history on you. I'm, I always yeah. try to do a bit of research on oh on yeah, people no I talk worries. to, and there's no, right. there doesn't seem to be a whole lot on you that I could find. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I did. Uh, you know, I really didn't, I got into cycling pretty late in life. Um, I didn't start cycling till well after college. 
Um, actually, the first first time I really rode a bike, I, I rode across the country, just you know your typical kind of road ride. Didn't really know what I was doing. Bought a bike about a month before that, you know, panniers and everything. Gosh, when was that? That was back in right around the year 2000. I took a year off med school, right, and uh, and and rode across the country, and I got pretty hooked on cycling. But it was quite a while before I started bike packing. I did triathlons, Ironmans, and such for a while. And then, um, you know, just touring, I had done the Great Divide route um, years ago. You know, Bob Trailer, oh, certainly wow. not racing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely old school. It's funny to think back. It, it, it was fine. I mean, I, you know, it's, it certainly was tough in a few areas. You had to kind of lift the bike and then, oh, you know, lift yeah, the trailer later. Yeah. yeah, I remember a few sections like that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I had a great time. And then, so, you know, I watched uh, Ride the Divide and... At the same time, I had a running injury, so just decided to give Tour de Vida a go. Um, that was, gosh, six years ago or so. And, you know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. And, it, you know, in hindsight, there's a lot. I showed up without a Garmin. I was just going to go by paper maps and um, just a lot, a lot of mistakes that I made in terms of gear and things like that. I hadn't, I wasn't really plugged into the, you know, any of the online bikepacking communities. So I just kind of did it on my own. And, and uh yeah i've got pretty hooked from there yeah it's i i uh, tour divides on my radar for sure yeah but i definitely wanted to get some experience I'm, yeah I'm, I'm super new like i just started in the last kind of three years yeah so the bc epic was the first one i had actually finished yeah i think bc epic's pretty representative i mean it's it's a little i'd say you know it's obviously the um tour divides is a bit just longer um it's more climbing and tour divide, but some of that terrain in BC Epic, it's just like the loose, rough terrain for that first, you know, few days. That was as bad as anything on the tour divide. What do you mean so, few, few days? You were done in well, like two days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> once, once you hit Gray Creek, I thought it got a little better, but it was, yeah. you know, some of those, those surfaces were really rough in BC Epic. That's why I like the plus bike, actually. I was wondering after I because I rode two point twos and that's I thought, pretty narrow. Yeah, I thought afterwards, you know, wider tires would have been really nice on that. Yeah, but you're so fast. I think the two point two, it, you make a sacrifice, yeah. right? Like I right. sacrificed oh, the weight. But when I when I remember when I got to Great Great Creek Pass at, at the top and I crested, I didn't stop much, and I just plowed that descent because right, i had right. so much confidence on that bike yeah oh absolutely so much traction but um i noticed too in sections uh the skinny bikes would would overtake you no problem <laughs> but then when it right. got a little bit chundery then i would right. just i would pass them all back again right, and then right. they would pass me again it was just kind of like yeah this, oh absolutely yeah, yeah. it's like everything it's there's a lot of trade-offs and, there's no yeah. right bike for everything i don't no. think yeah no. yeah cool no, so absolutely. skinny bikes um yeah so, so you did the tour divide, and then you did uh, triathlons, kind of in and around while you were doing. Oh, that stuff? I did that before. I haven't done a try. Oh, okay. Uh, ran or swam in quite a while. <laughs> I, cycling was always my favorite. I, I never liked swimming, so, um, so yeah, I've just been doing uh, bike packing ever since that time for the last five or six years at Trans Am and such for three years in a row. Right. Um, and then I do a lot of touring as well. Um, you know, international touring by bike. And you just got back from Colombia? Colombia, yeah. It's yeah. my second time riding there. Right I, it's, it's a great place to ride. Wonderful yeah. country. It really is. Just, uh, you know, v extremely, extremely mountainous. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough riding. You know, they have three 
mountain chains that run from the north to the south. And if you go from one to the other, dropping down and then back up, it's it's pretty brutal. But you're um, just kind of touring it, though, right? You're not in exactly, a hurry. yeah, exactly, not in a hurry. I mean, you know, this this the first time I did it, I did it solo. This last time I did it with a friend of mine who I'd met in previous bike packing races. So. Um, we rode together for three weeks and I mean, we still pulled off some pretty good distances, but we just stay in towns and, um, it was nice. I mean, you, there's dirt roads everywhere, so Sounds it's a lovely. really nice place to ride. Yeah. Cool. So then what was your, what was your first, uh, ultra? Um, gosh, you know, like first, uh, race. Yeah. Like your first was, ultra what? race. Yeah. Sort of, I'd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, oh, sorry. So I misunderstood. I yeah. thought you said you toured that, but you raced that. So I toured it many years ago, ah, just okay, with a Bob it. trailer, not even the whole thing. Right, from, I got those mixed the, up. At that time, it, it was right at the border, Canadian-U.S. border. It started there, and I got down to Steamboat Springs, and I didn't have any more. I had to get back into school. I didn't have any more time. So, right. Um, so then, yeah, I went back and raced it, and you know, it was a, it was certainly a learning experience. It was a great experience. How but, did you uh, do? I did okay. I mean, I, I was like, I got my goal, which I think uh, I was trying to get in under twenty-one days, nice. and so I was able to do that. And, um, certainly, like I said, I made a lot of, you know, I hadn't figured out how to use a Garmin. I actually bought a Garmin in Banff, uh, with the advice of one of the other riders. Um, but I still, you know, there, if using a Garmin, there's a learning curve and I hadn't yeah, really is. figured out how to, it was an e-trex and zooming in and out. I hadn't really quite figured it all out, but, uh, it was just, it was a fun, it was a good learning experience. And then I went back the next year actually and did it again, um, did a little better. Um, but it, you know, it took me a while to kind of really like commit to sort of pushing it and you know kind of quote-unquote racing it i mean i certainly push myself hard but you know it's kind of a different level when you're really you know kind of really racing it so yeah, like 14 days like yeah i know crazy. it's it's a remarkable number i i just yeah well, I, I i have a hard time seeing that beaten but um yeah, yeah less than 14 days yeah it's an amazing record. Well, I was looking at your uh, stats actually today. Well, over the last few days, and uh, I was kind of blown away by the by the uh, the Trans Am. What were you doing? Like four hundred and fifty k a day? Yeah, it. I think it averaged. I, I always have to do no, my no, math. Four eleven. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Yeah. That sounds right. That's yeah. that sounds right. Yeah. But, but on the BC Epic, I kind of calculated you were roughly four fifty. Yeah. I mean. Oh my god. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this, like, you know, obviously the Trans Am is just over a bigger period of time on the BC Epic. Um, you know, I could not have con continued that, you know. Right. That, that's like a short track race for you compared to the right. Trans Am. Well, yeah. I mean, I was, I destroyed myself in those, in those, uh, couple days and, uh, you know, whereas the Trans Am obviously you have to pace. And I think, you know, it's interesting. I think everyone thinks they're going to go further, you know, when they think about what they can do on a mountain bike and going to the road, but the Trans Am's pretty tough in terms of getting in your mileage because you still stopping takes the same amount of time whether yeah. you're on a mountain bike or road bike, and then you, know, you can hit long sections of wind. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the thing that destroys you on the roads or so those windy sections, and so yeah. But uh, yeah, those were uh, <laughs> certainly uh, two good yeah. good experiences, two good races. Yeah, I think my biggest day was like two eighty five. And I was like, yeah. oh, 285, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's your personal journey, right? But, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's all sort of relative to, yeah. And and yeah, I mean, if you would ask me if I could have done that, you know, five years ago, I would have said absolutely not. You know, it just, I remember the first year I did the Tour Divide, Mike Hall won it. And that just, the, the distances that the leaders were putting in just seemed 
it didn't seem fathomable to me. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. And I, I couldn't imagine sort of committing yourself to that. So for me, it took, so I, I know some people just start out and they, they hit it right away. It took me a while to like realize that I could do that and right. kind of have the confidence to even try it. Right. And you don't know, right. Until you kind of get right. out there and, and just, Absolutely. you know, you set, you set some reachable goals and then, right. you know, if you can exceed those goals, even by a few K, that's a win, right? You can kind of, right. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. That. That's amazing. Yeah. So like, what do you do to, to, so what kind of training did you put in for the, for the BC Epic say? So, you know, it was interesting. I, I mean, the BC Epic, I was really sort of proud of that result because I wasn't yeah. in my best shape going in. Like the Trans Am, I had really trained and really planned and sort of had everything dialed. I think, you know, BC Epic, I just, I wasn't able to get as much time in on the bike last summer. We had a lot of things going on with my family and I, you know, I'd, I had actually thought I was going to try to do the Tour Divide and I just couldn't, I just didn't have the time and there was a lot going on. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so BC Epic, you know, I got in a few good rides right before. And I think what really helped me there was just, you know, I just enjoyed it so much. So I don't think I was in my absolute best fitness, but I think what I've learned is that, that that's not the most important thing. You know, it's time on the bike. It's kind of enjoying yourself. It's like really pushing. And I certainly got into a nice, nice rhythm um, with the BC Epic. So I hadn't really trained as specifically for that. Like I had, say, for the Trans Am, where I was really like, had kind of built right into it. Um, so I think for the BC Epic, you know, part of it was, I was you know, I was pretty fresh. So I kind of had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of energy in my legs. And, you know, what I, I can distinctly remember, I didn't feel very good, like the first, you know, part of the first day. But once we hit Penticton and like there's this just beautiful climb. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Penticton, the sun Through the meadows dead. and the flowers and stuff. Oh, it was just, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, find, I just felt felt so good. And it was just so nice to be on the bike. And I think that that's, uh, you know, it's a nice feeling in these uh, these bike packing is like, you know, there's a lot to, to do on the bike, but that's all you have to do. You know, you, you, you turn off your phone, you just, all you have to do is ride a bike and, you know, obviously look after yourself and such, but yeah. you know, it, life's pretty simple for those, those days that you're racing. And so I think that that's kind of where, where I started feeling really good is coming out of Penticton and just kind of got into a nice rhythm and, and everything. Yeah. Went well from there. That's awesome. Yeah. I think if yeah. you're, you're not the first person to kind of bring that up in terms of just that, the mental fortitude required, mm -hmm. you know, right. if, if you go into them with that with the correct mindset then mm -hmm. I, I think that goes a long way. Cause I, I mean, um, I, I don't know if maybe the Trans Am is different cause it's such a long race, but I, I didn't really train a whole lot. I, I mean, I'm a dad, so I don't mm -hmm. have a lot of time, but, um, I was happy with, with the way I felt on the bike and right. I, I felt quote unquote fit enough, at least to finish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really interesting. So what would you do say for a Trans Am, something like that length of race, right. You get a so coach and, I do. I, I started working with, and actually Greg Grand George is. Uh, I've been working with him. Jane, Janie works with him as well, and she uh, she's the one who introduced me. And I, I really enjoy working with him. So he raced the BC Epic. It was his first bike packing race. So it was oh, kind of okay. fun to. And uh, so I've been working with him, and I, you know, for me, I like it because I. I sort of like having these small goals, you know, each day, this is, this is the ride. And of course, if weather is good or you, know, you can deviate from the plan, you know, if, 
you know, as things change, writing with friends and such. But it's sort of, I like having sort of a set plan. And otherwise, when I'm on my own, I'm like, gosh, should I ride longer? <laughs> should I go less? Am I tired? Yeah. So it's kind of nice having someone design workouts. And, you know, especially if it's before work or really bad weather, I'll do some training on the indoors on the trainer. Um, so those are good focus workouts. And, you know, for instance, I can get up, do an hour and a half before work. And that's like the equivalent of a much longer ride outside. It's so time efficient. So, you know, I ride outdoors as much as I can, but sometimes time just doesn't allow for it. So he really, you know, is good with getting, uh, interesting and tough, challenging workouts for that. So really it's more, your training is more about aerobic base and time on the saddle kind of thing. Yeah, I would say this. I don't, I would say it's more intensity than time. Um, so that's maybe something different. And I think maybe for, for people doing their first bike packing race, I think, you know, getting time in on the saddle and getting comfortable that you can spend that time on the saddle is probably really important. I feel like, you know, I kind of know I can sit on a bike now for a long time. So I focus more on you know, a little higher intensity, shorter rides. Um, you know, I probably won't ride more than eight or 10 hours leading into a big race now, you know, at a time. Right. So, you know, but, but that's also cause I've had some experience with it. So, you know, I think that that is something to, you know, that's important is to be comfortable or know, know that you can be comfortable long hours on a bike. Um, you know, now I, now that I feel like I can do that, you know, I can focus a little more on higher intensity riding, which I, you know, I like, so and there's some great, great gravel routes out of Portland and um, good group rides and things like that. So I can certainly take advantage of those. That's not a, not a, not a bad, not a bad uh, thing when, when your training's riding outside in the woods. It's pretty nice. Yeah, pretty lucky you know, where I live, that too. Doesn't feel, yeah. Lots doesn't of gravel like around, training. right? Yeah, absolutely. How is, how is your weather up there right now? It's beautiful it, right now. Yeah. I, I walked home in a t-shirt. You know, oh, nice. It's, you know, it's nice. I love fat biking. But yeah. it's, it's super right. nice not to have to layer up to go anywhere. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And then absolutely. riding, you know, my pizza cutter bike with the like two, mm-hmm. three, two, three fives. It's just oh, it's right. so light and nimble. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After riding the beast all winter. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, what? How do you spend your off season? Do you have an off season? Like, do you fat well, bike or? Oh, I take. I definitely. Well, I take time off the bike certainly um, at the end of like sort of a racing season, but. You know, it's Portland's rideable all year round. Um, it's rainy, it's cold. You definitely need good rain gear, um, and but it's it's pretty rideable. And then you know, having Columbia in February was pretty. It was a pretty nice break. We had a pretty rough February here, so to be able to get away for three weeks um, in sun uh, was was quite a treat. Broke up winter quite a bit. Yeah, well, out out here we got a lot of sun out here, and the, yeah, and not very much rain, and that's a bit of a problem. With the, right. with the fires, right? So I know right. Absolutely. last year was a pretty fiery summer. Awful, awful and, uh, fire year. We didn't get a lot of snowpack this year, which mm-hmm. I think is going to be great for the Tour Divide. Actually, I'm not sure through the Rockies. I imagine they're a bit, they didn't oh, have it's much snowpack either. Montana's actually well above average. Oh, really? I read like 140% oh, compared, geez. you know. So they're, they're well above average. Um, um, yeah. I guess yeah, it just depends where you are, right? In the, Absolutely. In the country. Pockets, yeah. I think that that's the one, I think, I guess it doesn't matter, but there, there's no consistency with these races, right? Like, no, you know, it's so weather dependent and. Oh, 100% yeah. weather dependent. Yeah. Yeah. And would you ever, um, actually I was going to ask this about the Trans Am as well, because you did it in, is it 2015 or 2016? You did it uh, westbound. 
I've done it, you know, I've done it the, the, the primary way, which was, I mean, you can ride it westbound. Most people ride eastbound. So that's the way uh, I've done it every time. Oh, I thought I saw that you went yeah. the other way. In, yeah. In the case of those races, though, do you, do you think that uh, there's a difference? Because when I look at the Trans Am, it looks right. fairly, quote unquote, flat, you know, yeah. like say two thirds across the country, then you get into the Rockies. And then right. I, I kind of was thinking, oh, well, by then you're probably kind of warmed up a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting about that route is if you, if you look at like the, the profile, you know, kind of zoomed out, so to speak, it looks, you know, you have your bigger mountains out West, but more climbing per distance is actually in the East. The, the, second, the second half of the race is definitely harder. It's, it's like short, steep climbs. Ah. You go through the Ozarks, right. which are just brutal. They're, you know, it's just up at constant up and down. Even on the road, it's like, what kind of percent yeah. grades are those out there? You know, that's a good question. I mean, the highways never go much above eight, but I'm going to guess in the Ozarks. I mean, it's well above, uh, well above that sort of gradient. Yeah, it's a good question. But I bet you're, you're you know, fourteen, sixteen in places. Oh, I would that's guess. so steep. Holy cow! I would guess. I mean, you know, because I'm thinking of some of the roads in Portland that I know, you know, run that high, and then the Appalachians. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not saying you're hitting those gradients all the time, but definitely a lot steeper than like a highway gradient, you know, which is six to eight percent at most. Those so. are punchy climbs though. Especially yeah. When, yeah. When you've been on the definitely. bike for 10 days or. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. So yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's I think the Easter, I think most people would say the Eastern part is, is the harder of the two. So tell me uh, like, what was your, um, Cause I kind of wanted to talk to you just more, yeah. more primarily about the, about the BC Epic just to kind of yeah, give people absolutely. a bit of a taste yeah. uh, who haven't done it before, kind of what, what they signed up for. Um, what, what was your, can you tell us your story? It was only yeah, two absolutely. days. It shouldn't take that long. No, 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 no. It was, I mean, the BC Epic is just a, it's a, it, it was a wonderful experience. It really was. So, you know, I have to thank, uh, Jimmy and Janie, uh, for kind of talking me into doing it. I mean, you know, I wasn't certain I was going to, even race. And so I knew they were going up and they made it easy. They picked me up from the airport. <laughs> so it was, it was quite nice. And, uh, but I hadn't done a ton of planning for it. You know, that's an area of the, of the, the world that I really you know, want to do spend some more time. I've been up there, you know, before, but, um, you know, so I was very excited about that. I also even remember flying in, uh, to the race and looking out from the plane, you could see this like network of dirt roads everywhere. Oh, yeah. could, I mean, I didn't know obviously where our course was, but I thought this is just beautiful terrain, you know, to ride in. So, you know, I didn't really know what to expect going in. Um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know the course very well, but I spent some time, you know, the day or two before kind of looking online and just trying to get a sense of what the course was like. Um, but yeah, I did not have expectations. I did not know exactly how I'd feel. And so I, I didn't put a ton of expectations on it. Um, and you know, the, fir the first, like part of the first day, you know, getting into Penticton, just kind of road controlled. And like I said, that was kind of when it coming out of Penticton, I just, I felt really good. I mean, I was just really happy to be on the bike. There were a lot of, you know, a lot of things going on, you know, in the, in the months leading up to that, that were, it, you know, just some family issues. You know, my dad had some, some, uh, medical things going on. So Honestly, it was just such a relief to be on the bike, yeah. and I, that was the, this overwhelming feeling. You know, riding out of Penticton is just how you know. It's I've, I, honestly, I think bike packing is a real privilege that yeah. you know we can dedicate this time to it. You know, I, I mean, 
so yeah, it's hard. It's it is difficult, but at the same time, it's you know it's something we choose to do, and it, it just it feels like a privilege to be able to kind of drop things for that period of time, however long the race is, and just focus on that race. Yeah. And so yeah, it was coming out of Penticton that I just really felt great and um, just you know decided to push through the night. I didn't you know I wasn't sure I was going to do that, and uh, that first night riding, um, you know, going past Hydraulic Lake and. Um, oh, it's just a beautiful ride. I remember, you know, water crossings, trestles, you know, it's when you're riding at night, it's kind of all, it's a bit of a blur looking back, totally. but yeah. I remember, yeah, it was just, it was such a nice night to ride and weather was actually quite good. And so, yeah, I was just getting to a rhythm. And at that point I was like, you know, I felt like, well, now I'm kind of committed, <laughs> you know, I'm, right. I'm kind of pushed. I can't, I can't slow down now. And that, that was kind of the feeling I had. So you know, everything just kind of built upon itself. Um, you know, I, I had a good second day, but was getting more and more tired and just, you know, really worn out. And then I was able to find a little hotel right on the side of the road. Um, and, you know, I was going to sleep a little longer. Um, I was probably going to sleep five hours, but I knew about the ferry coming up. And, um, you know, I didn't really know how exactly how far I was. I think I was in uh, just past Fruitvale or just before Fruitvale is where I stayed. And I didn't know exactly how far it was. Um, but, you know, I, I just decided, well, if, you know, if, if I'm going to try to make the first ferry, I've got to, you know, I can't sleep any more than three hours. So, you know, it was three hours of sleep and it did. Honestly, I slept so well. <laughs> like, I, it's funny how like you can wake up after three hours and feel so relatively refreshed. And yeah, I, I honestly find with bike packing races, like the the being on the bikes, the kind of the easy part, it's the fun part. You're just riding. The stressful is kind of get, not stressful. I mean, I, that's maybe, maybe a harsh word for that, but the, the part that, you know, getting everything organized and dealing with keeping your bike maintained, all these little, uh, you know, especially when you're sleep deprived, all these little tasks that you have to do. That's where I find like I have to, you know, I worry about. And then, you know, just getting back on the bike in the morning just felt good. So I headed out just hoping to make, you know, the ferry and push pretty hard. And, you know, I'd read about that area out of Selmo. I, d I definitely not an area I wanted to ride in the dark, you know, with grizzly. It's kind of a grizzly corridor. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Through so the grass, was, right? Through all that, yeah, like, shoulder pretty, high grass. Yes. yes <laughs> so sketchy. It was, it was a pretty eerie thing. I think I hit it around 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, oh, something like that. It's all misty and wet in there. It was misty. It was wet. You know, you can hear it's... It's hard because you're making noise, but there's a river that kind of drowns it out. Yeah. And so, yeah, with this just overgrown, I mean, there's times, if I remember right, I mean, this, the grass was like up to your shoulder, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, man, it was long in there. I, yeah. I went through in the daytime, so I wasn't super worried. And I pretty, I think I sang all the way through there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was singing <laughs> with making noise. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think I was, was more, actually, I was probably more nervous uh, out towards, uh, oh, what's it called? Remember the rattlesnake sign? No, remember? no. Oh, you probably just rode right by it in the dark or something. Right. But yeah, I can't. Um, uh, where was it? It was called Mile. Uh, was it remember. on that same trail out of? No, nah, I can't remember where it was. It's yeah. all a blur, like you said. I rode at night a lot. I love riding in the dark, but it's right. so it's such a blur to me. Like it's I don't a blur. remember much. Yeah, it's a blur. I, I, you know, it's funny. There's vivid memories, but I can't necessarily put them in chronological <laughs> order, right? Yeah. Like, you when know, was that? When did right? I? Yeah, but, but so yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was funny. I so I, you know, I, 
once I got to Nelson and you got to the pavement, I felt really good. And I realized it was actually, I did not think I was going to make that first ferry. And I, that's the hardest I rode the whole time. Yeah. That, that desperation to catch it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of fun because in the ferries, what are almost two hours apart or something or an hour and a half, two yeah. hours. So, you know, yeah, it was great to catch that ferry. And it was funny. I got there with like 15 minutes to spare, went in and had, um, you know, some, they had some like uh, muffins and things. This little bakery was open. Yeah. And all of a sudden I look out and, and they're like, oh, look like they had already loaded the boat. So then I'm having to rush oh. to get there. So you caught it. I, though, you didn't imagine miss it? riding that hard to make it oh, and then somehow missing it. But, you know, of course I got on and yeah. I had about um, the same energy because I got to Nelson. It was like the first time I had checked track leaders. And I, yeah. I had kind of discovered it's like, wow, the riding through the night is that's the key because you just pass everybody because everyone's yeah. asleep. I, I don't think people right. like it. And, right. uh, and I don't mind. I had a super low burn light. I don't mind riding yeah. through a little, little tiny dim tunnel through the woods. Yeah. And I remember the same hitting the pavement and knowing I, I had this gap around me and uh, just, just hammering. And then I noticed some of the yeah. traffic coming towards me, which increased my urgency Right. Right. And then, oh, right. If you I can get that ferry, yeah. that's going to buy me two hours. Right. So I was the only right. guy there. And then um, uh, my buddy, uh, Mark, who I rode with a little bit, he took a wrong turn. So he had to double back. Oh, no. So yeah. I was on the ferry and they were just about to go. And I saw him roll into the parking lot. And I was uh-huh. happy to see him because he's a good guy. But I was like, damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there goes your two hours. Right. So that was like basically halfway through your race. You got to the Balfour Ferry yeah. about halfway. Yeah. Yeah, or well, let's see. Actually, I mean, it was well. It was. Is it it was this, halfway. Oh it was yeah, a third, yeah. Yeah. So I rode through the first night, then a little bit of sleep, and so yeah, it was the morning of day three right. that I hit, got to the ferry, and so I mean, that was a, a nice relief to get over the ferry, and then yeah, obviously at Grace Creek after that, and I love Grace Creek. Me too. I mean, that was my favorite part of the route. Yeah. yeah. I like the so different. I think. Oh, oh, I was just going to say for people, you know, in terms of like route description for people looking at doing it, I mean, get your perspective on this, but it's like the first half of the route, it's not a, it's, it's a lot of steady climbing, but it's really the, the surface that was a real challenge, but not huge climbs. And then once you get to Gray Creek, that second half, obviously Gray Creek's just a huge climb and that's, you know, so it's kind of almost like once you cross the ferry, it's a, it's just different terrain. It's it's bigger, longer climbs yeah, after that. It kind of opens up, and then the, yeah, the, opens like, big, exactly. Big wide roads, not a lot of traffic. Like there was no traffic right. on on Great Creek Pass. I don't think not one vehicle in. Oh, what yeah. what is that? All the way over to to Kimberly is what a hundred and some odd k, right? It's yeah. got to be at least that. And I didn't see yeah. anything like no. And the first yeah. bit, I know between um, um, Princeton and Penticton, there was a lot of uh, quad traffic on the mm-hmm. road and then a little bit of side side right. by side traffic. So that's where I found it got a bit, um, kind of challenging where, you know, a lot of chunder and baby heads and you're just like, Oh, mm-hmm. like you couldn't just sit and kind of relax. But then, <laughs> but then like yeah. you said, after, after, um, well, after Princeton, like mm-hmm. that big, that big climb. And then after Penticton, I got to Penticton in the dark. And then, so I rode up to shoot Lake and that was wonderful. It was just such a beautiful kind of go above the vineyards and yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful route. Yeah. Even even if you ride half of it in scratch, it's like, it's just awesome. It's just such a great journey. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it's a mentally tough race. Just like, like you said, you can never get into a rhythm or comfortable, especially that the first part of the course, you know, just those surfaces. Yeah. 
they're rocky and, you know, it's just, you're constantly getting kind of banged around. And I remember at one point we're on like a, a little bit of a trail and it's kind of this rough trail and you're just paralleling this beautiful paved road. And uh, you yeah. just, yeah. I forget where that was. I remember it was on day two and I was just like, Oh my gosh. Can, can <laughs> I know? just go on there for just a exactly. little bit? <laughs> just for, just for a couple kilometers. Just, That's yeah. So funny. It's pretty unforgiving, but, um, no, it was, yeah, it was a great route. You know, it was really funny is so after Kimberly, I felt great. I, you know, I got to Kimberly and then you start riding and you're on the bike path for a while. Yeah, you coast, you're coast to Cam, uh, yeah, to Cranbrook. It's like this downhill and, Love and it. I, you know, I just felt like, oh, okay, great. And I'm doing, you know, the math in my head. I'm like, oh, I'll be in by midnight. This is great. And I actually saw Leonard on the road right before you turn off. I, I think it's at Crow's Nest Highway. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, now you've just had like 30, 40 K where you're flying. And so I said to him, oh, hey, how's the rest of the course? And he said, it's, it's fine. And it was starting to rain at that point. And so I thought, oh, good. Okay. The rest of the course is going to be fast. And, uh, and then, you know, you turn off and, and that last like 60 kilometers oh, was brutal. That's probably the hardest thing brutal. I've ever done on a bike. Because it's you know, question. you know, you're close and well, you know, you're close. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's kind of funny in hindsight because Leonard afterwards, he's like, you know, I probably underestimated. There are some pretty hard sections. <laughs> I mean, it was just a quick, like, yeah. Hey, how's the rest of the course? Good. good. And in my head, I'm thinking like paved bike path the whole way home and it. It was, did that you, was rough. Did you ride uh, through there, like that last 60K where you were in the dark? Oh, completely in the yeah. dark. So was it hard to navigate? Four in the morning. Very hard yeah. to navigate. I think I did a lot of extra kilometers. And I think, honestly, some of it was just, I was tired and yeah. reading my Garmin. But there were times where I would just, I thought I was on, I was just trying to stay on the line. You know, it's kind of open, rocky fields. Yeah, there was a double, well, in the daytime, because I went through in the day, it yeah. was, it's basically a super vague double track, and it's just covered in baby heads, bowling balls, yeah. right? And then there's right. a couple sections where you just, even walking was a challenge. Like, you're just like a yes. goat, just scrambling over over bowling balls. And right. uh, I couldn't Absolutely. imagine doing that in the dark. <laughs> I was going to say in the dark, it was, it was, frankly, it was just disorienting because yeah. I, you know, you, you, it was almost like I couldn't tell what was up or down. At one point I looked over and there, there was like a drop off right off the trail. I mean, I had no idea. I, I mean, I, it was to my right. I can't even remember where it was. Right before but, you dropped down into the valley, right? Yeah. 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 I, it's just that last night was, was such a blur and there was, you know, I was, I, I hit a lot of, uh, I had had, there was a, a fair bit of rain and yeah. basically I, the mud was just so sticky that it was just basically got, it was unrideable for a while. So I'd have to walk through sections, but so much of it got into my drivetrain and just, it was just crusted in there like cement. And I got, I was ended, ended up being down to one gear. I just couldn't, I couldn't shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, at a certain time, I like, there were puddles. I was reaching in and trying to clean the drivetrain. And finally, honestly, I just gave up because it just wasn't, you know, it was just, I couldn't shift. And I was afraid I was just going to, you know, break something yeah. or break something off. So I ended up just riding at single speed. I had a couple of <laughs> years in back for a while. Yeah. And eventually I was down to like one a single speed. And so you finished it on one gear, basically? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. did, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I thought it was just because I was tired, but it <laughs> it turns out those were hike a bike sections. I, mean, I was thinking, oh, yeah. oh, this should be rideable, and maybe it's in the dark. I mean, you can't appreciate how steep things are in the dark. No, you can't tell. There's you have no point of reference. Right, there was no point of reference, but that was a that was a brutal night. Like I said before, I was just uh, I felt committed once I got left out of Penticton, and my gosh, uh, within you know your sixty k's from the finish, it seems crazy to sleep then, right? So I felt yeah. totally committed, but I was I was suffering. That you, was you should have just had a was, dirt nap, just a, like I maybe know. a forty five minute, just I like know. reprieve. I, I was afraid if I did that, though, I wasn't gonna. Yeah, because yeah, the last section was just rattling. I just remember it was just rattling, just just top. I was checking to make sure I wasn't dropping stuff. It was so rough. Right, and it then, was rough, and yeah. I kept thinking I was going the wrong way. I mean, I just, well, yeah, because it twisted around, like it just took yeah. you on these, and you double I was back just staring and staring at this garment. I a couple times I had to, I, it, I went off route, so I had to backtrack ah, back to so it, and yeah, yeah, it was it was tough. Yeah, it was tough. I'd love to see that part in the in the daylight. I mean, I'd like to see what that looks like because my my memories of it, I'm sure, are skewed. Well, maybe just next time, slow it down a little. Give it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is so. an awesome route. Did you see Dion at all? I didn't. You know, I didn't. So, um, you know, he was ahead of me day one, and then I coming down towards Beaverdale. Um, actually, I came in and I just accidentally just took a, the wrong turn. And as I started to realize that I swung around, you know, I think I went left when you should have gone right, just real quickly realized it on my Garmin. And right then I shined a light on someone's tent. It turns out it was his. <laughs> oh, yeah. He had just set up his tent. So I kind of felt bad. Um, and then, you know, he, when I was sleeping before Salmo, I guess he passed me and then was sleeping. I, so honestly, I wasn't following the tracker and I didn't really know what, you know, where he was. And, um, so I, I wasn't very aware of that. Um, I think I remember looking at the ferry, so I had a sense then, but didn't really check again. So for all I knew he was coming up, you know, <laughs> in the middle of the night, the last night, I just, I really wasn't sure. I probably could have stopped and checked the tracker. I just didn't. I think I remember Dion saying something about how he recalled getting flashed his tent yeah, getting flashed yeah. and he was like, oh, damn it. I got to get up and go now because <laughs> he figured it was you. <laughs> Unintentional. I promise. Oh, no, we actually had hilarious. a chance to hang out after the race. He's a great guy. Oh yeah. yeah. Really, really good guy. It was just, a, it, was a, it was honestly the, the race was just full of, of nice people. I mean, I, I, that's what I, what I remember is just a, it's a chilled vibe, good vibe. And yeah, I really, really like that. And like I said, I just, I, I was really pleased. I, I surprised myself. I mean, I, I rode a lot better than I expected I would felt really good out there so oh, it was a great run man it was awesome i think a lot I of think, people were just yeah. blown away by that time yeah so you think yeah. leonard's gonna go out and try to beat it this year he should. he should he <laughs> should didn't he just get done with his everesting uh i think he does it in a week oh a yeah. week okay i think okay. so I'll I, that. yeah i think it's april 11th yeah i, I hope I he does I we're, hope he does. We're going to have a chat too, probably this week or next week. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, to talk Leonard, about that. Leonard was great. I really appreciate it. He was there at the finish, which was really nice Yeah. Um, for him to be there because it's kind of, <laughs> I was so cold coming in. Oh, and, no doubt. Yeah. He, he helped me get some food and yeah. I was like, I was like, I had a donut hole over me the whole time. Honestly, uh -huh. it only rained on me in Kimberly. Oh, really? Yeah. And yeah. then when I left Kimberly on that coast down to Cranbrook, from then on, it was fine. I just got rained on for maybe an hour. Otherwise, oh. I, I really wouldn't have had to bring my rain gear at all. Yeah. Like, 
I did okay until the, like Grace Creek. There was a little bit of it snowed just a little oh, bit at the top, yeah. but that was kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like heavy. It was just it was kind of cool to get the snow and then you descend. It's actually quite hot. Yeah, you know, once you descend down. Um, so it was kind of a cool change of temperatures, but that last, the last night I got the rain pretty heavy. Um, I definitely did not time that well, but <laughs> well, you can't time that. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, what do you do? Just got to keep moving forward. But yeah, it was just, honestly, it was a great experience. And, and Leonard, I think does a really good job organizing. I, you know, I felt badly that he had, uh, he got an injury. So yeah. I hope he can have a good go this year. Yeah, I like the vibe in Merritt too. That was really surprising. It really was, like, yeah. Very absolutely. welcoming, and the mayor was oh, so awesome. Very welcoming, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's good for those these little communities. Uh, it's these things are really good for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you go to absolutely. these little towns. I think Beaverdale is where I grabbed some food, and they had some amazing food and coffee there. Yeah, like for yeah. a little bit, I stopped there. It was it was amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what town it was on day two because it was Canada Day, right? Uh, yeah, yeah right. Day two. Yeah. And I remember I rode kind of through like a parade. There were like 30 <laughs> or 40 <laughs> cyclists and all of a sudden I couldn't really get past them. So I rode with them for a bit. That's, were you throwing like candy? Little, were you throwing gummy bears parade. off your bike? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Canada Day. I was grabbing the gummy bears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me some candy. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So with, so, the, with the races that you've done, uh, do you have kind of a general philosophy of, of or you don't have to tell us tell us your strategy, but, Oh no. I mean, I, you know, I don't race it. I really just do one or two, one or maybe two big races a year. So, you know, I, I think, I think it's taken me time, but I think I've kind of figured out, you know, what sort of power I can ride and what I can maintain and sort of learning like, and that, I think that takes some time to develop is like when you're tired, does that mean that you should push through or is it, are you really tired enough that you need to rest? Right. Um, that sort of thing. But, you know, honestly, I, I think maybe the one thing I, I do, I shouldn't say it's different, but maybe that when I race is I try not to focus on what other people are doing, meaning I kind of look at it like if I'm going for my best time, it's like I'm going for my best time. It shouldn't be influenced by what someone else is doing. Not really. You know? Right. Like, and so, you know, I, I tend to, yeah, just, just kind of, you know, sometimes it's fun to be aware of where other people are and, um, you know, you can use that sort of as motivation, but not to the point where I think it, you, you ride away from what, what you can do, you know, either too fast to stay with someone or, you know, yeah. So, so I think, you know, I just, when I race, I just kind of go for my own best time and, you know, I feel like it, if I if I do my best and someone's faster, they're faster. You know, there's yeah. nothing I nothing I can do about that. Or right? or, so. or they just didn't have a mechanical. Or right, right. They, yeah. Oh yeah. These, so these big races, a lot of luck comes into play. There's yeah. no question. Like you said, mechanicals, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I so. think that's that's the, the the thing that I kind of took with me from from the first race I scratched on is just ride your own race. It's right. It's if you know, I I don't mind riding by myself. So if I end up riding yeah. alone, which I kind of almost prefer sometimes mm-hmm. just to be by yeah. myself yeah. yeah just ride your own race i think that's good wise advice for sure yeah and i and i like i, th- I think i like uh you know i do uh, like i said i do a lot of touring and i and, and race and it's a different experience i mean i kind of enjoy that sort of singular focus that you get with racing you know you're, you're not making a whole lot of decisions of well should i stop here should i do this you're kind of committed to racing and, and it's just this sort of singular focus. And I, I, frankly, I enjoy that. Yeah. Um, and I think it kind of gets you into like riding at times that you otherwise wouldn't. 
Um, and you can appreciate, you know, riding through the sun, you know, ri- being up for sunrise and sunset. is no, kind of, awesome. It's really, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. That was one and, of my little tiny goals because again, inexperienced, yeah. but I wanted to ride over 24 hours. I mean, mm-hmm. I still stopped from time to time, right. but I didn't sleep for like 25 and a half hours. That's was that of, on your first day or your, that was, um, or like, I think two. it was my, like, cause I did it in, in over four days, like four, mm-hmm. four days, four hours. I think it was just that third day. And mm-hmm. I remember, so I woke, I slept somewhere around, um, Wardner. Yeah. There. I just remember I was just sleep riding and I, I was weaving back and forth and I didn't yeah. have caffeine with me. I kind of wish I had yeah, a supplement I where I could kind of right. just give myself a little buzz yeah. and keep going. But, um, uh, it was, it's a cool experience and, and I kind of wanted to see if I would hallucinate because <laughs> yeah. I hear a bit, a little bit about that. And I did, I started, I had some mild hallucinations where my brain right. was just making up stuff to just fill in the blank space. And it's always in the dark. It's like, oh, like you see little things in the road and that, yeah. I mean, I've had that, yeah, I've definitely had that. Like riding to, to just, so that was the night that, uh, I got to Kimberly and they just stopped for a bit and then continued on. That was my 25 hour day. And I just mm-hmm. remember I kept seeing like condos beside the yeah. trail with, with windows, like with lights in the windows and, mm-hmm. and like I'd see TVs flashing and stuff. And then I'd look and it was just dirt, like, sorry, just bush. Right. I was just, yeah. there was nothing right, around me. Right. It's, it's yeah. fascinating. I love it. I think it's so no, amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, obviously you gotta, gotta, you know, stay safe and that's kind of where, where what when I if I don't feel safe I'm sleeping and you know I had issues before where my I just can't keep my eyes open you know and like you wake I, up yeah. and you don't remember how you got where you are like you just well, kind of like oh how did I get here I don't yeah <laughs> <laughs> so was BC Epic for you was that your was which other was that your lo- the longest race you've done or what other I attempted the in 2017 I tried the Alberta Rocky 700 oh okay and yeah. I got to Canmore and um, it was yeah I just just shattered, you know, in mm-hmm. retrospect, knowing now that I have a little bit of experience, I should have just slept, got up the yeah. next day and just like, I just should have just tried to finish it. Right. Yeah. But you know, I had a lot going on, you know, as you know, things happen yeah. and you know, I, I had lost my job and, and it yeah. wasn't in a very good way. And it was just like, yeah. I, I had a lot of the stress. And then also, you know, um, it's really important that you have that family support. And I did, mm-hmm. and I did. Mm-hmm. And that's super important because, like, you know, I have a couple of kids. So yeah. when I leave my wife with the two kids, that's that's harder than a bikepacking race <laughs> for right, sure. Right. Right. Absolutely. So you feel a bit selfish and, you know, yeah. you know, even though you're doing it, you're going to hopefully be a better person when you come out of it. When yeah. you finish that journey. Um, you know, I was pretty down. I was I was a bit down that I didn't finish it or, or didn't mm-hmm. try. But but the next year I just knew. Uh, you know, I was a bit more mentally ready, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I went in with, with kind of a, uh, kind of, a, I don't, didn't really care too much, you know, if, if I didn't really care what my results would be, I just wanted to get to the end. Yeah. That was kind of my That's- main focus. And I was super, I felt really chill and very grounded when I got to merit. Yeah. And uh, that, that was basically, you know, talking to the family before I left and kind of getting the, you know, the blessing. It's like, go have a good mm-hmm. time. And, Right. And, and even my wife said on, on the epic, she said, when you called me a couple of times, you sounded totally different. Like you sounded yeah. happy and you, you know, you're succeeding. And, and I got lucky. Like you say, there's a lot of luck. You know, I didn't have a mechanical, I got awesome weather. Um, everything worked. My gear was spot on for me. 
you know, and uh, it was a good experience. I just, I want to do more. I just, I can't wait to do right. more of them. They're so fun. Yeah. Sounds like you had a yeah, great experience as well. I mean, I think the overwhelming, you know, overwhelming sort of impression that I got from everyone is just a really, really good experience with it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting. There's a, there's a trend in a couple of the races around here where they'll have uh, like, for instance, the lost, the lost elephant race, they have a jumbo and they have a dumbo. So you have, uh-huh. uh, right. Yeah. You have two routes you can do. I, I can't remember. Is it like a, a three fifty and a five fifty or something like that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, cause you can still get involved cause logistics are hard depending on your job. It's hard to get the time off. And so like, if you can go and do a, do a, do a two or three day rather than a five or six day race, mm-hmm. then, you know, um, that options there, which I think is great. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm going to hopefully do the AR again this year. And then, yeah, I'd like to try to ITT the, the lost elephant. I'm probably start, I'll start an Invermere because it comes yeah. through here and it just, that'll mm-hmm. make logistics easier. So absolutely, it, it probably absolutely. won't be a quote an unofficial because I'm not starting in Cranbrook, but whatever. Right. I just want to do that route. Sound, it looks like a lot of fun. So I really want absolutely. to do yeah. Absolutely. So I read somewhere about, uh, about meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you still meditate? I, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not always good, good about doing it consistently, but I've, you know, I started years ago, I, um, doing the, I did like a 10 day course. It's a silent course. So 10 days of silence are pretty. So you did do like a, that's a Vipassana, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I happened to be, I didn't know much about it. I found out about it the night before I was traveling in India and was interested in looking at a course. And I just kind of, I happened upon it. Um, and I showed up really not knowing what to expect. And it was, it's, it's challenging. I mean, it really is. I think it's one of the best things. It may be the best way I could spend 10 days. Um, but I frankly find it in many ways harder than like bikepacking, you know, you just, yeah, just the, the silence. So I've, it's, they're hard. I've done a number of those 10 day courses now, I think five or six over the years. And then I'm intermittently good or bad about doing it, uh, doing it consistently a little bit on and again, off again, it's hard to maintain, um, you know, doing it, but you know, it's something I think as moved towards a little less physical activity, I think that's something I'd be more, you know, start focusing more on, but yeah, I've done the Vipassana and done a number of the 10 day courses and then some shorter courses. And I'd say it's one of the, you know, it's just, it's been a, it's a good experience for me. It really is. It's good for me. It's just, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I've heard that it's actually quite physically hard because yeah. you, you oh, need to sitting. sit in one, one place for how many hours? Oh, I mean, you sit for an hour at a time, but there's like 11 or 12 hours of meditation per day. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, it's really hard. It's, it's, I, frankly, that that's something I liked about it is, is that it's pretty structured and, um, there's not a lot of fluff. Let's just say that it's, it's definitely challenging. Um, and, but, but yeah, I like that, but yeah, physically it's really hard. In fact, you know, in some ways the, the pain is, is a way to focus and almost, um, yeah, can almost make it to me, the biggest challenge is just trying to keep your mind focused for so much time, you know, and not, not sort of letting it go. So, yeah. Um, no, I, they've been really great experiences for me and it's, a it's tough and you know, it's this, you got to kind of put aside expectations because it's a very slow, tough learning process for these. So it's, it's basically 
no eye contact, correct? At the right, classes, right. And nope. no yeah. articulation in any way, no communication in any way. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. But the, no the last day that you speak with others, no books, the sort of idea is, you know, it's just logistically not possible to just do it on your own. Um, but the idea is it's almost like you're on, you, you want to act as if you're on your own. And then, you know, meals are provided. It's all volunteer basis. Um, and so I volunteered for some, you know, courses as well. And, you know, it's tough. You only, you just eat breakfast and lunch and then you essentially fast from lunchtime, which is like 1130 on till the next morning. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> quite different than bike packing where you're just, uh, you know, mindlessly stuffing your face. The whole time. <laughs> Has that, but, do you think the, the Vipassana meditation, has that, uh, helped you succeed in some of these races you're doing? You know, I think in some ways it probably has. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really careful to, to like try to draw parallels to say like the, the, you know, riding a bike is meditative. I don't, I, I think that term can be used really loosely. Um, so I'm certainly not in that same state on a bike as I am, you know, when I'm sitting in silence. At the same time, I think there, there certainly are some benefits. There's no question. Um, there's some benefits, but you know, when I'm bikepacking, I'm listening to music the whole time. I'm just trying to keep my energy up. So, you know, I'm sure there's some crossover, but, but I'm, I'm pretty cautious to try to really draw parallels and, you know, so. I think if anything, it would give you discipline. Like it, oh, it gives you a, a yeah. ton of discipline and it really does. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly struggle through these courses um, 10 days, it feels like a long time. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, man, I don't know it's, if I could do it. I'm like, I'm so inflexible. Like, I don't know how I would actually sit right on the floor for well, I would, an hour. Yeah. Here's what I'd say. It's not about, I mean, you can, people sit in chairs. It's not about being able to physically do it. And it's not about suffering through pain. Um, you know, so, so yeah, it's, it's really that sort of mental focus. That's a, that, you know, so yeah, you, a lot of people end up, you know, on the kind of the perimeter sitting in chairs. So you don't have to, you don't have to be a yogi. You're totally flexible to do it. Um, I, you know, I, it's something I, I certainly would recommend to folks to check out. Um, but, you know, just be prepared for what, you, for what you're getting into. Um, you know, I'd like to say that I, I stay more consistent with it, but I certainly, I certainly don't. So it's a good, it's, it's, a, it's a good sort of uh, reset when I do a course. Right. So do you pretty much just do the courses? You don't really have a routine that you do like from time to time, 20 minutes of. Oh yeah. I mean, when I'm traveling, I try, I mean, sort of the idea is, you know, meditating like an hour at a time. And so I try to do an hour in the morning, but you know, time just, uh, you know, you obviously run short on time, things happen. And when you get out of rhythm, it, it can be like anything else. It's like almost, I look at it almost like exercise, you know, when you sort of get out of it, it's, um, it's hard to get back in. So, right. Cause you do make, you do make progress in, right. you know, finding that, uh, that place to be when you're sitting. Right. Yeah. And then, absolutely. Yeah, you pr- probably forget how to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit. Would you, would you be okay talking about, um, Mike Hall and, and yeah, and yeah, of friends? course, of course. Yeah. Um, so I, I was just kind of training a little bit for the AR when Mike passed away. And that was the first time I went and I, I wrote a hundred K for, for Mike like mm-hmm. days. And it's so interesting because, um, 
like you had said, and in, in I think your blog post you put on Facebook, it's hard to explain how you feel so connected to someone and you're so uh, impacted uh, when they pass when you've never met them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it speaks a lot to the bikepacking community or the ultra racing community. Um, can you speak to that at all? Like, Yeah, you know, I think, I, you know, I, I think the way I didn't know Mike, um, I, you know, the first year I did the tour divide, he won the race and it, it was just sort of, uh, you know, someone that you, you in, in, in a lot of ways look up to and just, you know, the things he was doing to me were just incredible. And, uh, and obviously, you know, I think it, it was very, you know, he touched a lot of people. And so I just, you know, I, won't never will forget where I was when I read, you know, that he had been hit and, you know, obviously news comes out a little more slowly, but obviously it looked like it was going to be really bad news. And, uh, and then to hear that he had died, it was just, you know, it was, it was shocking. Um, and, you know, I think everyone grieves in their own way. I mean, I've, I've kind of in palliative medicine, obviously have a lot of experience with, with, uh, death and dying and, you know, seeing, patients and then obviously their families and loved ones going through it. And I think, you know, it's, it's such an individual process. Um, and you know, it was almost like, and sometimes I felt like, gosh, I didn't even know him. How, how could I be this affected? And then other times I felt almost guilty for like, you know, continuing to train for a race. Like, you know, it just, it seems so unimportant right after, after something like this happens and, you know, after a tragedy, and so I, there's almost a feeling of guilt. And so I don't know what kind of, I, I don't know what's, what, what's right, you know, I, and I, and I don't think there is a right way to sort of grieve or a way to, you know, feel emotions Our emotions are complex. And, uh, I think, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people dedicate rides to him and, and I think, you know, if, I think again, everyone sort of, uh, sort of grieves or sort of, um, uh, I guess, um, you know, kind of make sense of it in, in their own way. And, you know, I, I guess for me, I just, yeah, I, it was, it's a, it was a real mix of emotions. I mean, I really questioned if I, you know, the, did I want to race again and how could I do that? You know, it, it just, how can you put importance on that? Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, and, and, I don't think there's, there's a right or wrong way to do things. And I think that the same thing you mentioned, you know, Eric Fishbein and then, um, John Egbers, you know, both were killed in the Trans Am and that was just, you know, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of devastating because I feel like, you know, in the, the bikepacking community is obviously a small community and I think obviously everyone can relate, um, yeah. in some way. So uh, there's an element of danger and it's just, it's, it's just tragic when obviously when it happens. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll stop, I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, no, it's, I think you said it best, uh, in your, in that post while you're trying to reconcile how you felt about it is, is you said, well, what would Mike want? You know, Mike, Mike would want people to race. Yeah. And, and like, you can't, it's, you can't, um, you can't just stop doing things when, right, when, right. when things feel unsafe. I think I might question. I, I don't think I would ever do a road ultra. I mean, being on the road is not 
uh, I don't like being on the road at all. Right. You're putting a lot of trust in the people around you, Mm -hmm. you know, to pay attention or see you. But like, I think you said it best. It's like, what would Mike want? Mike would want you to beat his record. He would want you to go out there and hammer because uh, that's the spirit of the race, right? Right, and I right. Don't, I don't think anyone would look uh, down upon someone deciding to, to continue to race or, or train. or. Right. Um, yeah. But, but uh, has, has that shaped you in any way in terms of your, your preference to bike pack racing off-road versus on-road? Yeah, I you know I I do I, I agree with you. I think the the off road is is safer. I mean, most of my riding, I do a lot of gravel riding. That's kind of my favorite. Um, you know, the ride the roads that I ride around here, I feel pretty comfortable with. Pretty low traffic roads. Um, you know, I think it, it it's it's influenced me. And I'm going to say this. I mean, I was the first time I did Trans Am and each, each year that I did it, I did worry about safety before, you know, even before any of these, um, any of these accidents occurred. Um, I think, you know, we all have to, there, there's a level of risk that we're all willing to accept. I mean, no matter what we do, you know, there's always that sort of calculation of risk and what, what, what things are worth. And certainly, um, there's ways to try to minimize it, but you're not going to, you're not going to get your risk down to zero. So, you know, I certainly don't, uh, question people that are doing the, the road racing. Um, you know, and I, you know, I think they're, they're working on, you know, really for working on like safety measures. Um, you know, so I, I think that there is a level of risk in all of these things. I mean, people talk about, you know, like bears and such on Trans Am. I think that overall level of risk is pretty low. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of an innate fear. Um, they, but, low risk. And so, yeah, I, I do think the off-road is, is an overall safer thing. And that's kind of my preference, um, especially when I tour and travel is to be under roads. But, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, everyone's got to do what they enjoy doing and figure Absolutely. out the level of risk they're willing to accept. Yeah. If we never did anything because we were afraid of something, we'd right. never do anything. Right. Right. You know? Right. Like, um, I, I just interviewed, um, um, uh, Doug Dunlop, he's uh, at, mm-hmm. at Cold Bike, and mm-hmm. uh, and one of the snips I took out of our conversation was was basically nothing makes you feel more alive than right, going right. out and and pushing yourself uh, despite uh, fears. Right? We're, yeah, uh, every, everybody's afraid of something. Right? Oh yeah, I, I, I'm I'm actually very fearful. I think what I'm riding, you know, I just kind of try to be rational and think of what you know fears are different like i said than risk and so you know it's kind of balancing that and and controlling what you can um but you know and and i know um you know there's a lot of people you know advocating for more safety for for cyclists and you know it's it's uh, it's it's tough i you know it's certainly i don't have have a lot of answers for that i think it's just you know obviously i did the race despite you know an awareness of risk and i think still the overall risk is is not dramatic and i think it's it's still something you know i i like seeing that people are still doing it but you know everyone's got to be aware and i do think there's you know kind of safety measures we can take so yeah so when you when you broke that record how did that make you feel it really did feel good i you know i it just, uh, you know, I, I find these like in these endurance races are almost like a puzzle of how can you do this? How can you get better? Um, and so to kind of, uh, 
you know, have, have things come together and really be able to pull off a good race just feels really good. Cause there's a lot that needs to come together. You know, a lot of luck, uh, you know, just a lot of things have to happen and come together. And, you know, I think, uh, maybe, you know, after the race, I was, I was really focused. I lost a lot of time towards the end. I, I kind of just, you know, I was hoping to get under 17 days, for instance, and I lost some time and, and, and was well, you know, beyond that. So it's funny that I can, I can still focus someone, oh, well, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. Um, but I think that that's sort of the beauty of these races is like trying to, trying to, you know, look for ways to improve, but, but certainly was satisfied with that. And, you know, I felt like a, a lot came together and a lot of people supported me along the way. So it, it certainly felt good. Yeah. I'm sure Mike is up there too. Like just right on brother. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, we didn't really talk about nutrition too much to, sit, to kind of do a 180 on the conversation, but yeah. Like, what do you, what do you like to eat when you're out there? Uh, you know, you got to eat anything. Um, <laughs> it's funny, like coming from like doing triathlons where you'd have your own sort of liquid nutrition and, yeah. and whatnot to just having to eat anything. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think it's just I think everyone's got their own cravings. I tend to just kind of eat all the time and never eat a big meal. Um, so, gosh, a lot of um, I eat a lot of almonds, honey roasted peanuts, salt. I crave salty things. Yeah. When it's really hot out, I go to just like pure sugar, you know, a fair bit of granola bars and such. Oh, and when it's hot, you could, you do that. That's interesting. Yeah. I just have a hard time digesting much. So I end up going to like gummy bears and things and Sour Patch Kids when it's right. really hot out because I just can't get down. You know, I try to eat as much as I can in the cooler temperatures knowing that when it's really hot, it's just hard to get in nutrition. But I think that that's, you just got to be willing to eat whatever you can. The Tour Divide and and so, some of those races, it can be tough because you, you know, you're going long distances and sometimes it's a little camp store and they don't even, you know, finding a good convenience store is just like a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like a place where you can get a home cooked meal. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's what what really helped me is you know you eat this like I eat a lot of nuts as well nuts and yeah and try to you know snack on the fatty stuff and but when I got to a town like to grab breakfast like, yeah just a pound a few eggs and yeah uh, it felt so good it set you up for the day and you don't even really have yeah. to eat <laughs> right right you just not eat for a few hours yeah yeah oh that's awesome um, do you have any 2019 racing plans what are you doing this year. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm looking to do the Tour Divide. I'm certainly oh, hopeful nice. for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really do love that route, and uh, it'd be great to great to get back. I mean, there's still, you know, a lot of a lot I need to do to plan for it. But that's 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 certainly my hope. And Josh Caddo's doing it again. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I got to I got to ride with him a little. Oh, cool. Uh, year, yeah. I think it was the year before he won and broke the record. Um, we had a really tough snow year, so we we trudged through some snow together. It was yeah, a really good guy. So um, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of really good riders, a lot of really good people. Some of my friends are racing it, so I, it's going to be. I, I'm looking forward to the experience. You know, it's a it's an interesting thing. Uh, I, in in some ways, like even after having some success in these races, I'm almost less confident or less self-assured going in now. I have a lot of self-doubt. It's kind of like, can you do it again or can you pull it off again? So, you know, I've been struggling with a little bit of that sort of self-doubt, um, which is ironic because the first few times I did, I just I think maybe because I didn't have expectations, you know, anything was good. And now, you know, I kind of, 
I've had some successful races. And so, uh, you know, you kind of wonder, can you do it again? Do you have it in you? Oh, don't put pressure on yourself. That's yeah, don't well, and, and that's kind of where I've settled is I just, I can't have too many expectations and, um, yeah, you don't want to get your ego too involved with it. Yeah. You got to, ultimately you're going to push yourself, but you're out there to, to have fun and it's an experience and, and you control what you can. There's a lot out of your control and, and see what happens. Just, so. ride, just riding bikes, man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. Absolutely. Every day Absolutely. for what do you have a it's, goal? Finish goal? You know, I don't, I, I think it's so weather dependent. Um, yeah, ultimately I just, I really do want to feel like I, you know, I kind of gave it everything I had. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's ultimately as simple as that sounds. I think that it's hard to do in a long race, you know, but, um, I, I, you know, I don't, don't expect to have a perfect race, you know, but kind of feeling like I, you know, I really gave it my best. Yeah. Well, I'm, I might have to take that. Uh, that starts on a Friday. I'm gonna have to take that off. I'll come out and and see you guys off. Oh, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, because I want I wanted to talk to Josh too. And yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. So, do you have any any final thoughts to share with the the community? Gosh. Advice? Any good pieces of advice you could share? You well, could? I think I, I mean I think I don't know. Honestly, I think like sort of the beauty of these uh, these these events is you know it's just kind of everyone can ride their own own ride and have their own goals and it's i I, th I do think it's a really good community of folks and um you know like i said i've had to learn that just kind of put aside expectations otherwise it's, it's you know you want to you gotta yeah gotta have fun and so everyone can have their own expectations sort of their own goals ride their own rides and i think that that's that's sort of the beauty of it uh I remember, uh, I don't remember how old Darch. Um, oh my God. He was I mean, in his 70s. 70s. Uh, 74 yeah. seems so, to come to mind. I don't know right, if that's right. accurate, that, but he's yeah, amazing. I, can't re I couldn't remember it exactly. But when I, yeah, when I saw his postings and I mean, this stuff like that is just really inspiring. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, I, I think for anyone thinking of doing the BC Epic, I would certainly encourage it. I think it's a, it's a really good, it's a great course. It's just a nice, it's got a nice vibe to it, nice feel, um, and I think it's a good distance. It's a it's a really it's a long enough distance to challenge you, but not you know especially if you know not so not so long that you're just you know it's it's you're you're not that committed. Um, or I shouldn't say not that committed, but it's it's doable. It's it's kind of a I don't know how you felt in terms of the distance, but I think it's a really good distance. Yeah, I mean, my goal was just to, I was kind of my first goal was just to try to do 200 a day. Like, mm -hmm. you know, cuz that that's a big day for me. So, I exceeded that expectation. And I, I think you just kind of just kind of find that flow state, you know, like ride your bike, find that flow. Um and I, you know what? There's there's tons of resupply I found and Oh yeah, there's yeah. There's tons of water. Like I oh, yeah. I only carry two bottles. Mm -hmm. And um, and a Sawyer water filter, and there was plenty of places to to water up. Whether you hit a campground or a town or a creek or whatever, there's. I mean, BC is just full of water. I mean, right. So I found it pretty. Uh, I mean, safe. You know, you think about some some oh. like the Tour Divide where you could be days without finding water, right? right? Or or you have to find it out in the basin somewhere if you're in the basin right. for three days. Right. It's nothing like that. I found it very uh, accessible and mm -hmm. and uh I the the climbs were super manageable. I mean, there was nothing super huge. Uh like mm -hmm. Grey Creek Pass was kind of 
kind of uh, challenging. And then uh, kind of getting into Kimberly when you go through the forest there. That was tough. <laughs> that was tough too. And that's where it yeah. rained on me. And, and you know, whatever, just walk. Whatever, just just keep, That's that was my thing. It's just like, keep moving keep forward. Keep moving forward. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and even if you have to get off your bike, as long as you're moving forward, then you're, yeah. One, one step's better than no steps. So just keep going. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think yeah. that that's, yeah. I think you, you, you said it a lot better than I could when I said like not so committed you're right it's resupply it's uh you know it's it's not so far out there and and yeah you do come through town so i think in that sense it's a really good race yet it's it's extremely challenging it is and and it's, it's not super it, remote like you're not right you know it it feels really remote in spots but you're you're never far from from a town like you could you could easily walk out or and there's enough people especially on the rail trail there's lots of people around generally so Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I think like you said, keep moving forward. And I think there, you know, you go through these, these emotional ups and downs and everyone does. And I think that that's kind of the key is not to to react too much to it, just to kind of take it as it is and keep working through it. I mean, you're never, it's never as good as it feel when you're at your, you know, when things are good and it's never as bad when things feel, feel really bad. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of that, that not reacting to, you know, overreacting to things and, um, you know, working through those, those tough, tough spots. But, you know, I find like overwhelmingly these, these races are fun. I mean, they're, you know, when I first looked into doing them, it just seemed like, oh my gosh, you're riding all the time. That's just gotta, it's gotta be painful. It's gotta be suffering. But frankly, I find them really fun. I mean, it's just, that's, you get to ride a bike you get to, you know, and you're exploring and, Um, yeah. Uh, so, and it's uh, a new, it's a new way to see like what I, I was excited because while well, I've never, I've been across, like I've lived kind of from one edge of BC to the other and mm-hmm. I've never really, I've ridden bikes and spots kind of along the way, like, you know, Kelowna and, you know, Nelson and whatever. I've ridden bikes in those places, but, uh, to see all the in between, like, it's just amazing province. You go from rainforest like to desert, you're basically riding from the right. desert to the rainforest. Like Fern, right. Fernie's basically just an inland rainforest. It's the deepest rainforest in BC. So when you get over there, it's like, you know, you go from dry, arid, you know, broken down trail to like rooty, you know, damp, single track and grass and ferns. And uh, it's just, BC's an amazing province. And what better way to see it than to ride across it, right? Yeah, no, it's true. You really do. It's a way to get a feel for terrain on it's on a bike. It's because you can cover enough distance, you know, to get the change in terrain, but yet you're moving at a speed and you're, you're, you know, you're kind of part of it more than, and so, yeah, you can really get a good feel. I mean, it's a great, great way to see that area. Yeah, and that's, it is this, a the speed area. thing's a really good point too, because you're not, uh, you, I mean, what, what was your average speed? Like 20 probably? 20k an hour probably around 20 yeah. that's what i would guess and if you look at the whole thing you know for someone who doesn't train or has never done an ultra i mean i'm not i'm i'm not in the 20 area i'm kind of more like a 17 18 so it's it's pretty chill like the riding pace mm-hmm. is it's pretty chill oh yeah you know yeah and, and you're it's not like you're uh basically if you're out of breath you slow down you're going yeah, too fast yeah. right stuff Absolutely. like that i'm, sw- I'm sweating too much well slow down you're yeah. going too hard right it's just right you, you gotta listen to your body and and again, I, I'm I'm super inexperienced, so I I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm coming from this enlightened place or anything. But you know, you learn a lot in in four or five days on a trail, and, and yeah, just listen to your body. You know, feed it, 
rest when you need to rest. If you want to get off your bike and stretch, get off your bike and have a stretch, right? Like, Absolutely. Just enjoy it. Yeah, just enjoy it. Yeah. So where can people find you online? Are you oh, just- gosh. I don't, have a, a, <laughs> I don't have a lot of online. I'm kind of on again, off again with yeah. Facebook. Not much of an online presence, but uh, <laughs> maybe I need to. I, I have something I probably should work on. Uh, I kind of, yeah. I don't know. Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. Social networking is kind of the devil in a way. It's yeah. We're we're quite uh, we're we're quite dependent on it now because we we plan everything around. We we plan our lives in social networking. Yeah. So it's um, if you can stay off of it, that would be my recommendation. Yeah, I don't. I don't. There's times. I mean, especially around the racing season. I think it's a. I mean, for me, it's 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 an effective way to like to get a small enough group of people in a large enough area. So it's people around the world can communicate, you know, so I think it can be a great, great way, you know, for people to connect because otherwise, right. We're, we're too few and far between to really have a a large community in any one area. So I think it can be really effective, but yeah, I, I find that, uh, too, you know, being on Facebook too much for me or any of the social media just isn't the most, uh, the healthiest or most positive thing. So I, I do it in, uh, I, I do it in, uh, in moderation. Let's say that. Yeah, that's a good, that's good advice yeah. right there. <laughs> hey, don't, don't hang up. I want to talk to you about something else, but, uh, thanks yeah, so much absolutely. for talking to us. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, you. Man. Yeah. Taking the time. And I just, I, like I said, I have such great memories from that race and everyone that I met and I appreciate all Leonard's work to put that on. I want to thank Evan again for his time, and I hope you are as inspired as I am after that conversation. For those of you riding the BC Epic this summer, enjoy your journey. It's a beautiful route showcasing BC's diversity. All you have to do is keep moving forward. Send your voice clips and comments to bikepackcanadapodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, get out there, ride bikes, sleep in the woods, and keep the rubber side down.